0: To see you tonight, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs this evening, Proverbs chapter 11. Pastor Weiss announced this morning that today was our anniversary, which got me in trouble because I'd forgotten it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I had remembered it, but, and I asked my wife, if you could do anything, anything in the world, on your anniversary, what would it be? And she said, I'd want to go to church. So that's where we are. It's good to be in the Lord's house. Amen? Yeah. And uh, good to have an old friend with us tonight, Sandy Robbins, back here with Kim. Sandy and Kim and some other people here were in our youth group before I became pastor. So I've been, I have been—I was pastor for 41 years, so that lets you know how long, that was a while ago, and it's good to see them. And I appreciate uh, the Lord's goodness and His grace, and I'm still amazed tonight that the Lord would just allow us to serve Him. Isn't that an amazing thing? That God would allow us the privilege of serving Him. In Proverbs chapter 11, we're going to read one verse to begin, and I'd invite you to stand with us, if you would, for the reading of this verse. And we're going to look up a lot of passages tonight, and I would invite you to keep your Bible open and We'll come back to this passage, but we'll go to venture out to some other places. But Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25 says, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Let me read it again before we pray. The liberal soul. Now when the Bible uses the word liberal, It's not talking about your political stance. I I don't want to be known as a liberal in that sense. But the word liberal means generous. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, when Paul was writing to the church at Corinth and, and, and commending the Macedonian churches for their generosity, he talked about their liberality. They were generous. The liberal soul shall be made fat and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Let's pray together. All right, Father, we thank you tonight for your word, and as we pray tonight, we're mindful of, of folks that are in a church family that are out because of sickness, and, and Lord, recovering from procedures and things of that nature. We pray for them tonight. Pray for Mary. as She's got this MRI coming up on Tuesday and pray for Jim. You'd continue to help him as he recovers from his surgery and pray for Betty tonight that you'd help her, Lord, as she's um, getting better, recovering, but still needs your help in so many ways. And there are others, Lord. We just pray for them. We miss them. We pray that you'd bless them. But we pray tonight in this place that, Lord, you would help us to be attentive to your word. Help us, Lord, to understand what you have for us lord i pray that we'd have open minds and open hearts and as our pastor said a moment ago that lord you would help us to be responsive lord to your word and we thank you for that in jesus name amen you may be seated so the bible says the liberal soul shall be made fat one of the reasons i think this is so important is because I believe, for the most part, in our human nature, we are by default selfish people. It's not just normal. For you you watch children. Uh, it's not just normal for children to want to give up something that's theirs. They have a tendency to want to hold on to it. And you know, if you were to if you were to ask me to make a short list, four or five things that that I think if there was the only thing that I could teach or the most important things I could teach obviously the first thing would be the gospel how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures was buried and raised on the third day but there are other principles that I think are critical to having the kind of life that got to be blessed God wants us to be blessed and this would be one of those things on that short list to learn to to fight against or to conquer that tendency that we have to be selfish the liberal soul Shall be made fat. it's, It's just a way of saying that really, if we will be learn to be generous, then God will bless us for our generosity. Again, we have this tendency to think the more that we can get, the better we are. But the Bible really teaches that the more we can give, the better we are. And that's not normal, the normal way that we look at ourselves. Now, the word fat, just to take the edge off of it and help you, the word fat is not talking about physical fatness. It's not talking about obesity. So if you're going to be a general person, it doesn't mean you're going to put on pounds. That's not what it's saying. It's just saying that you will be blessed. Um, Just to let you know how much I have... Uh, softened in my older years. I preach from this text. I look for a a passage in notes. I preach from this text more than 20 years ago. The liberal soul shall be made fat. And the title of the message was, some of the fattest people I know. (laughs) I'm not like that anymore. I wouldn't say those kind of things now. I'm a much gentler, kinder person. So anyway, so it's talking about blessing and prosperity that comes through generosity. Now, Again, just, just to make sure we understand, giving is not always just about money. It's giving our time. It's giving our attention. It's giving our service. And prosperity is not always about money. It's not always about material riches. It's spiritual blessings. It's God's fullness. And that's what the Bible is talking about. If you're in Proverbs, go to Proverbs chapter 28 for a moment. And look with me if you would please. In Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 5, it says, He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. But he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. And there again it's saying, if, you're, if, you'll, if we'll learn to live by faith and trust the Lord, we'll be made fat, we'll be blessed. God will bless a life that's living by faith, so the liberal soul, the one who blesses others, will be blessed. Will be made fat. We're back to Proverbs chapter eleven, but let's look a little earlier in this passage, in this book, in this chapter. Proverbs chapter eleven and verse seventeen. A similar principle is mentioned in a different way. Proverbs eleven seventeen. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul. You know, it's good to be merciful to people. It's good to bless people by being merciful to them. But if you're merciful to them, it not only blesses them, it blesses you. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. Being cruel is not good. If I'm cruel to a person, it's not good for them, but I'm cruel to a person, it's not good for me. And these principles are really interwoven together. You know, it's, it's one of the things that brings blessing to life is to be a blessing to others. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be, don't go through life, and this is as much for young people as for any of us. If you want to be blessed, don't go through life just looking for people to bless you. If you want to be blessed, go through life looking for ways that you can be a blessing to others. Now you may think that that won't work, that won't won't fit into my my plan, or it won't bring prosperity or blessing to me, but I choose to believe what God says rather than what we think. The Bible is very clear about this, and we're going to see it in a number of places. We're we're still in Proverbs 11, looking for the verse just prior to this, Proverbs 11, not not 25, but 24. There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. There are those who disperse, who scatter their resources, and yet as they're scattering their resources, their resources are increasing. Is that what your Bible says? It's very clear in the Scripture. We increase by sharing what we have. But look at the other part of that verse, verse 24. There is that withholdeth more than is meet. The word meet there means necessary. There's, there are those that hold on to more than is necessary, but it tendeth to poverty. You know what we think I, I, I'm, the more I hold on to, the more I'm, the more prosperous I'm going to be. But God says, you hold on to more than you should and it's going to lead you to poverty. We, we need to learn to live by the principles of the Word of God. And there are those that hold on to more than they should and they become poor, as a result of it. Now that's not saying that we ought to give everything we have away, but it does say we shouldn't hold on to what God says we ought to give. We shouldn't hold on to time that God says we ought to give. We shouldn't hold on to our ability to serve where God says to give. We shouldn't hold on to money that God tells us to give. If we do, it's going to hurt us according to the Bible. The liberal, generous soul shall be blessed and when we, and look at the verse there again we read a moment ago about the water. He that, he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Now, many people in this room have experienced this. They, they may go to uh, teach their, they're studying for their Sunday school class, they go to teach their class, or maybe they're going to the nursing home, and they're going to preach in the nursing home, or they're going to the prison and they're giving up of their time. They've studied a message. They're gonna go have a Bible study with inmates, and they and so they're going to water. But you know what it says right there? He that watereth shall be watered also himself. And many times we come away from a place where we went to be a blessing, and we come around realizing that we're the one that got the blessing. And you say, well, I've never, I can't really say that's ever happened to me. Well, I would just encourage you to start watering more. Because the more we water, the more we're going to be watered. It's just what the Bible says. So there's really a contrast here. Two different kinds of people. Two different mindsets. Those that are generous and those that are not. And again, it's not just about our money. It's about the way we use our time. You know, people who serve the Lord don't serve the Lord because they have more time than somebody else does. People who serve the Lord choose to give up a part of their time to serve the Lord. And, and it's, cho- it's a choice that we make. You know, if you were to ask people, you know, maybe people that were out visiting a bus route yesterday or people who went to the nursing home today or people who came up here and cleaned this week, some of the cleaning teams, and if you had to ask them, every one of them would have told you there was something else I could have done with my time other than that. They, we make choices to, to give time to others, and when we do, God blesses us because of it. And, and really, we're going to talk about this in a moment, But I was thinking about this as we were singing tonight and worshiping God. You can't worship without giving. You can't. I mean, if you're going to truly worship, you're going to give your time, you're going to give your heart, you're going to give your mind, you're going to give your devotion to what you're doing. And so, young person, think about yourself tonight. Would you consider yourself a giver prone to generosity or would you consider yourself a person prone to selfishness. And the bottom line of this is that giving is good for us. It's good for us. You know, if you were to uh, ask me, do you, as a pastor, do you really encourage people to be givers? And I would say absolutely, enthusiastically. And it's not because we need their money. It's not because we want their money. We, I know what's good for people. It's not good for children to be selfish. It's not good for them. It's it's good for kids to learn to be givers. I personally think that one of the first steps in becoming a good steward is to be a giver. And let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever heard this comment, maybe accusation, statement, however you want to call it? How many of you have ever heard someone say about church, all they ever talk about is money? How many of you have ever heard that? Lots of us have. I've heard it. But you know what? I've never been in a church. And I've been to a lot of churches, a lot of times. I've never been in a church where I think that's true, that all they ever talk about is money. As a matter of fact, churches rarely talk about money. But for some people, if you mention it once a year, it's too much. You know, I love messages about giving. I love messages about stewardship. Stewardship. About service you know why because I think it's important that we obey this so so I I want us to look at this subject tonight not just about money but just about life in general and how could we become intentionally more generous and I want to just go through some principles that I think will help us in that in that regard the first one is this giving giving is an attribute of God God is about giving there is nothing about God that is selfish. God is the great giver. The most famous verse of the Bible, John 3.16. pastor quoted this morning. For God so loved the world that He gave... He didn't just give a little bit. He gave His only begotten Son. It's His nature to give. Turn with me, if you would, please, to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, which is kind of a... It is a parallel verse to the one we just quoted. John 3.16... 1 John 3.16. If John 3.16 is the only verse you have memorized, you ought to try to memorize this one because it's a lot like it. 1 John 3.16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. That means here, here, here's how we understand, we see, we comprehend. Here's, Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. God is a giver. Look across the page or to the next page at chapter 4 of 1 John. 1 John chapter 4 verse 9. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us. This is how we saw His love manifested. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. 1 John 4.10 Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is the nature of God. What I mean, what in your own mind, what better, what better defines or describes the nature of God? Generosity or selfishness? And the answer is He's a He is a giving God. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 8, it says, if he gave his son, how shall he not through him? Freely give us all things. I mean, he gave us his son, but he'll give us. He is a giving God. He, you know, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives mercy. He gives forgiveness. He gives support. He gives purpose. He is generous. And we're to, and so what? How, what does that matter about this? As is his children, we're to be like him, right? That's the whole objective of our of our journey is to become more like him, as we heard this morning. Salvation definitely assures us of a place in heaven, but it's not just like a free ticket to go to heaven. Salvation means that God's going to be working in us that we become more and more like Him. And if we're selfish, we're not like Him. If we're not generous, we're not like Him. God wants us, God wants us to be like Him. Um, Let's go to 2 Corinthians for just a moment. Another example of this, in this passage in 2 Corinthians, we're going to refer to a couple of times tonight, at least. But 2 Corinthians chapter 9, or chapter 8, excuse me, and verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, this is that great um, passage about the liberality of the churches in Macedonia, the generosity. But 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Notice this, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might be rich. So, so the, the first foundational principle to me about giving is this. Think about how God is. Think about how generous God is. God didn't withhold anything when it came to our salvation. God doesn't withhold anything when it comes to providing for our needs or guiding us through life or giving us the direction that we need. So giving is an attribute of God. If I want to make it my purpose in life to be more like Christ, then I want to learn to be a giver. I want to be a generous person. I want to I have a mindset not of selfishness but of giving. He, Jesus didn't come to be ministered unto. He came to minister and give his life a ransom for many. If I'm going to be like him, I want to be a servant. I want to be a minister. I want, I want for the Lord to use me and help me in some way to be a help to others. So number one, giving is an attribute of God. Second of all, giving is a response to God's truth. I mean, the, the overwhelming evidence of the Bible, there is a mountain of biblical evidence to support this. We are instructed, you and I are instructed in this Bible to be givers, to be generous. God God teaches us that in His Word. We've been commanded to give. Go with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 6. You know, there are a few messages that I remember, not not every word of them, but I remember the, the emphasis of the messages. There are a few messages that I heard back in 1975, 1976, that so impacted me that I still take them as seriously today as I did then. And this was a message that I heard way back when. Luke chapter 6 and verse 36. Let's read beginning there. It says, Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. I mean, I, my Bible, I, don't have, I couldn't afford the red letter edition of the Bible. <laughs> but if you have a red letter edition, those words are probably in red, aren't they? You know what, they're the words of Jesus. And then he says this in verse 38, Give. And it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken, and shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Now you, you can try to deny that. You can try to uh, say it's not true. But I'm telling you, these are the words of Jesus. If you want to be, If you want to be forgiven, you ought to be forgiving. We ought to be a gent. If we'll give, God says God will bless us for our giving. And this is not a prosperity gospel message. It's just taking the words of Jesus and taking them seriously. We ought to learn to be givers. You know, there are five disciplines, and I've used this, said this, included this in a lot of messages over the years. Five disciplines that I think if a person would do, and start off in, as soon as you can start. Begin If you haven't already started, start today. That can impact your life. Number one, spend time every day in the Word of God and prayer. Every day. Number two, confess and forsake your sins immediately. Don't wait a day. Don't wait an hour. Make it right as soon as you know that you've done wrong. Number three, be faithful in every church service you can possibly attend. Be in the house of God. Number four, give 10% of everything God gives you back to God. Learn to give your first fruits. We'll see that in a moment in the Scripture. And the other, be faithful in serving the Lord in areas of ministry. So so we we ought to learn to practice these disciplines in our life, not just for a few days, not just for a few weeks, but for all our life. Could you imagine if some of these young people here it would would just take this to heart tonight and say, "Okay, this I'm going to do this beginning right now. I may only get an allowance. I may only make twenty dollars a week. I may only make fifty dollars a week. I may not make that much, but whatever I get, I'm going to give some of it back to God. I'm going to I'm going to t- imagine a person started doing that today and did that throughout their life. You know what? it you, you, would be impossible to measure how God might bless that. So, so giving is a response to God's truth. Go with me if you would to Matthew chapter 23 and I want to answer uh, really a, a, a critique that some pi- people use about this matter of giving and the principle of tithing. Uh, Matthew chapter 23. Uh, look with me if you would in verse 23. Jesus here again, it's the words of red. Woe unto you, Jesus says. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. Now, these are like herbs. These are like, you know, they were so meticulous. You know, they would take their dill or their garlic or these, and they would tithe on whatever they had. I mean, they're pretty serious about this. Woe unto you, he says, for you pay tithes of these things and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. There's some things more weightier than that, like judgment and mercy and faith. But then notice what he said in there. He didn't say you shouldn't tithe on those things. He said, these ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. I think if Jesus wanted us to know that tithing wasn't scriptural, that would have been a good place for him to make it clear. But he didn't do that because it's just a biblical principle. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. I told you I was going to be looking up some verses uh, tonight. Proverbs chapter 3, the wise writer of Proverbs gives us great wisdom in this matter of generosity. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. So we're to honor the Lord. Whatever we have, that's our substance. We're to honor God with it. We're to honor the Lord, and he says, with the first fruits of all thine increase. Whatever, whatever comes into you, the first part goes back to God. That's not, that's not challenging, really. It's not difficult. Whatever comes, and, and the tithe, of course, was established. You say, well, you know, the tithing's under the law. We were under the law. The tithe, the tithe Abraham tithed 500 years before Moses. The tithing is not a matter of the law, it's a matter of principle. The first people in the Bible, Adam and Eve and their kids, Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel got old enough, they went to offer a sacrifice. It was about giving. And so, so giving is, is response to God's truth. He teaches us to do this. You know, I, I was reflecting today and remembering um, many years ago, this was before I was the pastor, but I was here on church staff, and uh, Kim and them, some of them will remember this. But um, the church got in a financial situation, a financial bind. And I was on staff, and the, and the church staff uh, got laid off. We, we, we continued to serve, but without any money. And so I, was, I, I got into some very lucrative businesses. I, was, I cut firewood and sold it for a while, and did and different things. I'm just saying that in jest. But I remember those days because I didn't have a steady income. And I was walking, I remember the hallway that I was in, this building wasn't here, I remember the hallway I was in, the basement of the other building, on a Sunday morning, and Dave Peterson's dad, John Peterson, walked up to me and gave me a $20 bill. And $20 to you today may not mean much. It'd mean a lot to me today. But $20, but $20 meant a lot to a man who doesn't have any income at all. You say, what would you do with it? I tithe on the first part of it. Because it, the first fruit of all your increase, we ought to give back to God. That's what the Bible teaches, right? I remember one time my wife and I received from a family member un, nothing we did to earn it or deserve it. We, deserve, we received $10,000. That's a nice gift. I, I enjoy the $20, but I enjoy this much more. You say, what'd you do with the $10,000? The Gave the first thousand back to God. This, this, is, this is a biblical principle, folks. And, and I'm, I'm looking at people probably that think, that's just extreme. Or how could I ever do that? Just by starting to do it. Uh, it's honoring God. It's putting your trust in the Lord and not in yourselves. Putting your trust in the Lord and not in men. He that... The Bible's very clear, give and it shall be given unto you. And We don't do it in order to gain the return. We don't do good in order to be blessed. We do it because God says to do it. And God promised to bless. By the way, if God didn't bless us in this life at all, but He says He'll bless us, be sure He'll bless us on the other side. So giving is a response to God's truth. It's, it's giving back to God the first part of what He gives us. And, and here's one of the reasons it's so important. It because it's like a, a weekly reminder, that of God's sovereignty and God's control and God's lordship, and the fact that our trust is not in ourselves but it's in God. The tithe is holy; it belongs to the Lord. I really, I still believe that. I believe it's holy. I believe it belongs to the Lord. Deuteronomy says that if we'll tithe, we learn to fear the Lord. Just a matter every time. You know, every time that you get receive something, maybe it's a paycheck, maybe you have a part-time job, maybe somebody just blessed you by giving you something, but every time you, you follow and say, Lord, I want to give you the first part, it's a, it's a, a an, an lesson, I guess, I, an experience of learning to fear the Lord, and we do it by faith. We're not trusting in man, we're trusting in ourselves. Just like you teach your... Why do you teach your children... To say thank you, other than the fact that you don't want to be embarrassed because they don't say it. Well, why do you teach your children to say thank you? Because it's good for them. It's not just good for the person that they're thanking, it's good for them. And you know what? If you'll teach your children to give to God, you ought to teach them to give to God because it's good for them. It's not good for them not to. So giving is a response to God's truth. Thirdly, and I mentioned this earlier, so first of all, giving is an attribute of God. Second of all, giving is a response to God's truth. Thirdly, giving is an expression of worship. It's an expression of worship. I want to read a psalm, a couple of verses from a psalm, the 96th psalm. It says this, Give unto the Lord, O you kindreds of the people, give unto the Lord glory and strength, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Giving is an expression of worship. Giving God praise. Giving our our tithe is an expression of worship. I may be wrong about this, but I don't think I am. I think some people's lives, their, their experience of worship would be transformed by seeing worship as an opportunity not just to receive, but to give. And a lot of people come to church, and that's what the, all they're thinking about, I need help, I, I, need a, I need the God to speak to me, I need God to encourage me, and we come with this attitude, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. We come with this attitude of what's going to, I need this, I need this, but why don't you, why don't you give something to the worship service? Why don't you why don't you spend time in prayer before you get here or when you're walking up here when you're sitting there when you're and just making it making an opportunity for you to give God give God praise give God thanks if a person who doesn't learn to be a generous person is missing out on the blessing of God so giving is an expression of our worship you know when uh, we we just I uh, heard this morning in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, those famous verses, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, about that word present. But we're to give ourselves to God. That's where it starts. We're to give our, you know, in that in that great passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, when Paul is commending the Macedonian churches and challenging the church at Corinth, And explaining the generosity of the Macedonians, he said, but they first gave themselves unto the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Now, you've heard this, I'm sure, many times, but I'm going to say it again. If a person will really give themselves to God, give God your life, you won't have such a hard time giving God your money or giving God your time or giving God your service. If I'm not willing to give my service to God, it's because I haven't given my life to God. I'm still ownership of my own life. I'm still controlling my own life. You know what? That's the thing we need to destroy in our own lives, that selfishness, that always thinking about ourselves. You know, when we give ourselves to the Lord, it's going to be so much easier to do the things God wants us to do. Go back to that passage, if you would, in 2 Corinthians 8. I want to look at another part of this about this matter of worship 2nd Corinthians chapter 8 and verse verse 7 so Paul writing here under the inspiration of the Spirit of God says to this church at Corinth 2 Corinthians 8 7 therefore as you abound in everything in faith we ought to abound in faith in utterance and knowledge and in all diligence we ought to abound in that in your love to us He says, see that you abound in this grace also. And the grace he's talking about is the grace of giving. And then notice what he said in verse 8. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. Giving is is an expression of worship. It's an act of our worship. And and you know what he says right here? Our giving is an expression of the fact that we love the Lord. You know, this may not pertain to anybody in this room, but it might. If a person, if you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, I just have a hard time giving. I have a hard time giving my time. I have a hard time giving my service to the Lord. I have a hard time giving my money. I just have a hard time. Here's, my, here's a bit of advice I'd give you. Ask yourself why. Why do I? is it because God wants you to be selfish? Why why do I have such a hard time giving to God? Now you may be sitting here, maybe a young person, you you've got a part-time job, you get an allowance, you never really thought about it, never heard about it. But most people know that this is a biblical principle. Why wouldn't we obey it? Why why wouldn't we give? Why wouldn't why wouldn't I want to? And the answer to me is because there's something in our relationship to God that's not right. There's something that's not right. If I don't want to give to God, God gave us everything. God gave His Son. God has blessed us in so many ways. He's, he's blessed our lives, our families. Why, why wouldn't we? Why, and, the, and I think it comes down to this matter of worship and devotion, because our devotion is not what it ought to be. We ought to be honoring the Lord with what God gives us. You know, Jesus said this, and He said it's the same subject. You may think I talk about giving a lot, but I'm telling you, Jesus talked about it a lot more than I do. He said this. You'll be familiar with this. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon means money, wealth. You cannot serve God in money. And he says, you can't serve two masters. And if you're going to serve God, you can't serve money. And if you're going to serve, if you're if you're going to make money your God, you can't serve God. You can't serve two masters. And I think people are in that, in that conflict sometimes. They want to, they, they want to say, I love the Lord, and yet the Bible says you ought to demonstrate your love for the Lord. You can't, you can't have it both ways. Giving is giving is not a matter of how much money we have. Giving is a matter of where our heart is. It's where our heart is. And so the problem, you could leave and go to not, out here tonight and say, well, I'm just not going to do that. Well, it's not. If, if you do it, don't think you're doing it because the Bible commands you not to do it. You're doing it because you have a problem in your own heart. Giving is an expression of our worship to God. Why would we not want to give God the first part of everything, the first fruit? So giving is an attribute of God. Giving is a response to God's truth. Giving is an expression of worship. Fourthly, I want to say, giving is a learned character quality. I said this in the introduction, but i say it again. For me, anyway, it's not just natural. It's not my default position. That I just naturally want to be, you know, it's not, good, it's not natural to me that when somebody wrongs me that I just naturally want to forgive them. That's not just natural. It's, I, you know, I've had an enemy or two in my life and Jesus said to love your enemies that's not the natural default thing but you know what I do it by the grace of God I do it you know it's a but it's a learned quality we I'm not gonna go back to that passage in second Corinthians 8 but that begins talking about the Macedonians he says I beat talked about I what is the word to wit of the grace of God upon the church of Matthew. he he said it's the great. this is all the grace of God. You know one of the ways you can see the grace of God in your life? It's not just forgiving your sins, that's true. It's not just, it's not just giving you the promise of you know how you can see the grace of God when you still want to forgive people who've wronged you. When you want to love people who've done you dirty, when you want to give to people who have needs. That's the grace of God. That's the way God is. And that's the way God wants us to be. But it's a learned quality. It doesn't come natural. You know, when Jesus sent his disciples out, he said to them, freely you've received, freely give. You know, I didn't deserve salvation. I didn't deserve God's grace in my life. I didn't deserve to be forgiven. Freely you've received. He, gave, he loves us. He, he, he gives to us. He pours out his blessing upon us. And you know what he says? You need to freely give. Because you've been given to you. You ought to give. We've been given so much. I'm not going to turn to that passage in Matthew 19. It just came to my mind though where, you know, you have this example about forgiveness. And the one person who had been forgiven such an enormous debt, and he said, please have mercy on me. And he said, I have mercy on you and forgave him his whole debt. And then he had somebody who had a little bitty debt, and he wasn't willing to forgive them. You know, we've been forgiven, we've been given so much, we've been forgiven so much, we ought to be willing to give. There's something wrong if we're, if we're not. So every Christian should want to learn to be a giver. You, if you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, I'm just, I'm just not bent that way. I just don't see it. I, I get, I've, I've tried this. Then you ought to say, God, help me. I want to learn to be a giver. If you, you're gonna, I'm not telling you if you'll start giving that you're going to see your bank account just begin to swell. But I'll tell you this, if you'll obey God, He'll bless you for it. He will bless. He promises to. God will do it. We ought to just trust Him. The last thing I want to mention, no, the next to the last thing. Giving, I'm talking about the the important things to understand about giving. Giving is a primary way that every one of us can be involved in God's work. Isn't that a blessing? You know, when we give our tithe, my wife and I, when we give our tithe, we, you know, we didn't go out on the bus route visiting yesterday, and we didn't go out on the bus route today picking up kids, and we didn't go to the nursing home today and, and there're things about this church that we're not directly involved in. But you know what, when you support the ministry through tithing, you're you're actually having a part in the whatever this church does in the way of ministry. It's a, it's God's and by the way, it's 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 the same thing it was in the Old Testament. God's They brought their offerings, they gave them to the priests. The priests and the Levites were able to carry on the work of the temple. And that same pattern is brought over into the New Testament. And God, you know, 1 Corinthians 16 is very clear. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you bring, lay by him in stores. God has prospered him, them that there be no gatherings when I come. First day of the week, a time to bring your offering. Bring their liberality. I and mean, that's just the way God's plan is. And you say, well, why is that important? Because we want to be involved in God's work. You know, um, think about the matter of faith promise missions. And by the way, it's not too late if you hadn't filled out your faith promise card. You ought to get that filled out and turned in about your intention for missions. But Paul wrote to the, the church there at Philippi, and he said this. He said, even when I was in... Thessalonica, you sent once again unto my necessities. He said, He's writing to a church who was giving him, sending money to him, helping him, supporting him. And he says, I don't ask, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, I don't ask you this because I want your money, but it'll be fruit to your account. You know, when Brother Weiss was, Pastor Weiss was talking Wednesday night about Brother Tom Gaday and his ministry and, and how the Lord used him in so many ways. And he stood behind this pulpit numerous times and preached here, presented his ministry and different occasions, different opportunities. And the Lord has used him in a great way. But you know what? Every person here who was giving to missions to support him—that's fruit to your account. That's you say, who's keeping records? God's keeping records. I don't know what I don't know what the results are going to be, but God's keeping records. It's fruit, And it's the same way with ministry. When you give, if you're not giving to support the work of the ministry, you're missing out on your personal involvement and seeing people get saved and people being discipled and ministries going forth. And so it's a primary way for every one of us to be involved. So giving is an attribute of God. And it's a response to God's truth. I said earlier, i repeat it. We heard this, my wife and I we were 21 years old, and I was a house painter by trade, and my wife was a, a worked in a beauty shop they called it. I don't know what they call them now, but she was a beautician. And that may sound like a lot of money, but it wasn't a lot of money, you know? Um, but we heard this principle right here. I was just a newly converted hippie. But back then, as a 21-year-old, I said, God, if that's your word, I'm going to start doing it. And we started doing it. And by the grace of God, we've never stopped doing it. You know why? Because God teaches it. So if you maybe say, well, I, haven't, I just hadn't been doing it, I'm behind the curve, then start doing it now. It's a response to God's truth. It's an expression of our worship and our devotion to the Lord. It's a primary way that we can be involved in God's work. And the last thing, number six, giving will be rewarded. God blesses giving. The liberal soul shall be made fat. The generous person will be blessed. He that watereth shall be watered himself. If you'll water others, you'll be watered yourself. And it's not just about water. The principle is not about getting wet. The principle is about generosity. It's a part of our stewardship. It's a, it's a basic part of our stewardship. And that's great chapter we're looking at it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. My Bible is still open up there. He was teaching these people about giving. And in chapter 9 and verse 6, he gives some of the greatest promises you'll ever see about giving. He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Isn't that great? God loves a cheerful giver. Are you a cheerful giver? You say, well, God loves everybody. I agree. God loves everybody. But God doesn't love everybody the same. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says right here, He loves a cheerful giver. In another place, in Proverbs, it says that... uh, I love them, God says this. This is is God's word. I love them that love me. I love them that love me, and they that seek me early shall find me. That's what God said. God loves everybody, but he loves those that love him in a special way. God loves everybody, but he, he especially loves a cheerful giver. You say, man, I want to give, but I'm not going to be cheerful about it. Do it by faith. It's a good thing to obey God by faith. God loves a cheerful... I'm just saying He blesses it. He rewards it. Let's go to my last text, my last verse. Go with me if you would to Acts, please. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. I said in the beginning that this, this to me is one... If I had a short list of things that I would want to emphasize to my children, to people that I was trying to teach, how to have a a blessed life, giving would be one of the things I'd want to teach them. Now, if you were to ask me, make a short list, make a short list of things that people don't always enjoy hearing about, giving would be on that list too. (laughs) Because people don't always enjoy hearing about it. But usually it's because we have a problem with it, not because it's not biblical. But look in Acts chapter 20, and we'll wrap this up. Verse 33. Let me set the stage for you. In case you're not familiar with this readily. The Apostle Paul has called for a meeting of the elders, the pastors of the church at Ephesus. And he is going over things with them about his ministry with them. He's charging them about their responsibility to oversee the flock of God. And with that in mind, he says... Um, Verse 33, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, you yourselves know. And they did know because he spent a lot of time in Ephesus. Yea, yourselves know that these hands, talking about his own hands, have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. In other words, I worked to help support our work in traveling and missions, evangelism. Verse 35, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring, ye ought, to, ye ought by laboring and working, ye ought to support the, the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how He said, read these last words of verse 35 with me, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now did Jesus really say that? Yes, He did. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. This is one of those statements that would be good for us to get seared into our mind. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Then look in verse 36. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. So Paul reminds these preachers that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And the reason I conclude with this is this. This is the last thing he would say to these people. This was his final message to these people. Now, you might sit here and think, well, I just don't think this is important. He thought it was important. As his last message, he thought it was important. Don't ever forget this. You know, when you're serving and nobody notices, you know, when you're giving and nobody seems to care, don't forget this. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You know, the Bible is so clear about this. That God wants us to learn. Young people, God wants us to learn to be givers. He wants us to learn to be generous. He gives us a plan. You know, always determined, always to give the first part back to Him. Now my wife and I don't have a regular salary now. So she's cut my allowance down. But, um, so every week we figure out what should our tithe be based on what we've received. And maybe we've received nothing. And maybe we've served a little. But we always want to give the first part back to God. And you could say, well, you know, in your, in your income restricted, sure it is. But it doesn't change the principle of the Word of God. It's good for us to give. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And you know what? If every, if every Christian believed this, they wouldn't have any trouble giving to God, giving their time to serve. If you announce a work day, they wouldn't be saying, "Well, I, you know, I just don't have time." Everybody that, nobody that shows up has time. We just carve out time of our so we can do it. If everybody believed this, you'd have people standing in line wanting to serve. Give me a Sunday school class. What can I do? Give me something to do. And you know why people don't do that? It's because we're protecting our time or protecting our spirit. Why does God gift us? He gifts us that we might be a blessing to others, right? That's exactly why. So, how should I respond to this? How should I respond to this? First of all, if you're giving your time, giving as, if, as well as you know, giving what you believe God wants you to give biblically, your, your money, your time then just thank God that you're allowed to serve Him. It's an amazing thing that God would let us serve Him. And don't be discouraged. You know, I was reading today um, over there in Malachi. You know, we have that famous chapter, Malachi chapter 3, when it says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith. If I'll not open you to the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, you'll be able to receive it. And then they started talking about how is it vain to serve God? And if you read the rest of that Malachi chapter 3, it says that God heard that. And he makes he makes a record. And he is he's making a record of what people do, how they serve. I'm telling you, you'll never you'll never outgive God. You'll never give so much that that you'll wonder, "Well, how am I going to get by?" God takes God will bless more than once since we've we've transitioned out of the pastorate and transitioned into being has-beens, my, my wife has said to me, you know, I believe that God did this. It was, it was a good thing that happened. It, all things aren't good necessarily, but they turn out for good. She said, I believe God did this just to let us know we're doing the right thing. God will bless our obedience to him. Whatever it is, learn to be a giver. If you're not a giver, learn say, God, I want to do this. You say, how old should a person be to start this? Any age. If you, if you, if you understand what I'm saying, you, have, you get $5 a week in allowance, whether you deserve it or not. Start giving the first part back to God. Put it in an offering envelope. Put your, put your 50 cents in an offering and give it to God. And start every, and whatever God gives you, start giving back to God. You know what? We, now I hope every parent here is teaching this to your children, but if you're not, you ought to be. It matters. I think one of the most important things in life is to teach people to be generous. We're witnessing the destruction of our culture. And a part of it is everybody wants to to benefit from other people's labor. You know, take care of my needs. You know what God wants us? God wants us to learn to trust Him and be obedient in giving to Him. So if you're a giver, thank God for it. I'm not just talking, I'm talking about, if you're sitting here and you say, there's somebody that I know I need to forgive, forgive them. If you want to be forgiven, forgive them. And if you're not, you ought to say tonight, I'm going to start doing this. Young people, I challenge you tonight. Because the Bible says so. I know you guys got all the money in the world. Because the Bible says so, you ought to say, I'm going to start doing this. And see what God will do.